Welcome back to the Software and Electronics Podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Taylor Standridge. Actually, very excited about today's interview because it's with two people today from the company Amosis, uh, both Brian Hwang, who's the CEO of the company, and also Marwan Kadeh. He's the CTO of the company. Really glad that you guys are able to join today. Thank you. Yeah, glad yeah, to be here. Definitely. Brian, you're the CEO of a company called Amosis. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what you do there exactly, what a day-to-day uh, workday looks like for you? Right. So Emosis started in 2016 as a virtual reality gaming studio. You know, we, when we started, we just wanted to, you know, we're just a group of passionate individuals who wanted to create cool things in VR. Um, over time, you know, as we started to build a team a little bit, we realized that, uh, the company itself is capable of building so much more. You know, the, this underlying technical skill set is very, uh, adaptable to other industries and applications. So uh, since then, we've pivoted over to a digital agency model uh, where we create enhanced experiences for businesses using immersive technology, whether that's virtual reality, augmented reality, or later this year, mixed reality. So day-to-day, um, as far as my role concerns, I handle business strategy, operations, development, marketing, uh, just to make sure that we get our name out there, that people are um, aware of us, especially um, people were looking to get into the VR, AR industry because uh, the software development for these technologies is pretty different. Uh, and not too many people out there know how to do that. So that's kind of where we fill in the talent gap. Um, and we, no matter what the application is, our team always has a passion for just creating these high quality immersive experiences. That's absolutely incredible. Marwan, you're the, C- you're the CTO of the company. So what do, what do you uh, do exactly? What does your role include? Um, so right now, uh, our, our primary product, is, as Brian stated, we did start off as a uh, game development company. So we're still working on the, on the first game that we were uh, originally set out to complete. So uh, that means working in Unity, uh, which is probably the most popular game engine at the moment. Um, so I uh, do all the coding. Um, I put in... Uh, I manage a team of artists and we, we kind of stitch everything together and, and make sure that uh, the game runs properly on uh, VR headsets such as uh, the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. So uh, I'm in charge of making sure that that works properly. Um, I'm also in charge of doing anything uh, augmented reality-wise. So uh, for that, we use both Unity uh, AR Kit, which has just been released uh, within the past year, actually back in June. So it's very new technology. And then we also use uh, Xcode. So we're working on the uh, on the OSX for that um, and iOS. So ARKit is actually a fantastic technology. So we can actually um, use mobile applications to project uh, very lifelike uh, 3D objects and animated objects uh, through someone's phone as if they were actually there. So uh, I just make sure that all the code and everything works properly before we ship out any product uh, for a client or, you know, if it's an in-house product and, and make sure that works and manage the artists to make sure everything is uh, working properly. Now, this is a very interesting industry because this was just an idea like back uh, 20 years ago. This was an idea, but no one really ever thought it would might come to life. So uh, Brian, how did you get involved into this industry specifically? Um, so before Emosis started, you know, this is like the whole backstory. Before Emosis was a thing, um, I first started, uh, you know, with entrepreneurship by founding some uh, student organizations at UT Dallas, you know, around tech. So things like artificial intelligence. And then the second one was virtual reality. 
um, just because, you know, we thought that these were two hot areas in tech and I uh, really wanted to help students gain exposure to them. Um, so when the VR society started, uh, we wanted to build VR projects, you know, just to show the community uh, what can be done so people can visualize these technologies in their applications. Um, but, you know, when the issues became things like intellectual property and monetization, we decided that, you know, we need a separate company to uh, really handle all that well. So that's that was sort of the birth of Emosis there. Um, and since then, you know, through all the times, all of our experimentations and pivots, um, the heart of Emosis is still a passion for creating immersive experiences uh, for the world to see. And this passion is um, really held through everything we've been through, whether it's gaming, non-gaming. So that's just kind of how we started. We just saw this really awesome technology. Uh, we wanted to help the world see its potential and uh, we didn't it was a really early industry it was really risky you couldn't really tell where it was headed in the future but we uh, we didn't really care we just really want to show the world hey this is vr this is ar here's what's possible here's what we can do absolutely i i couldn't agree more uh, marwan i want to i want to ask you this since you're directly involved in the coding so i know that you typically handle a lot of the game development side of things as far as vr is concerned but uh, how do you see the industry adopting this medium in terms of training? Um, well, well, one thing about that is uh, we're going to need this technology to be quite a bit more compact uh, because in, in certain situations, having really clunky wired technology is uh, a bit of a pain. Um, so what, one thing about this is uh, VR is different from other technology because it allows you to add uh, different adaptations like haptic feedback gloves, uh, haptic feedback suits, and et cetera. So you can take these uh, head-mounted displays and uh, tap on this new technology like uh, these haptic feedback gloves, and you can integrate this into almost any uh, profession, uh, specifically something like medical technology. Um, say you want to practice surgery beforehand, uh, we'll have uh, haptic feedback gloves that have actually been featured at CES 2018 um, that will uh, that will work to, you know, actually give you a feeling of what you're touching in the virtual environment. And it's actually very, very convincing what you can do with just basic haptic feedback. So stuff like medical, uh, instead of having to test on a real life patient, you can actually just go hop into a VR simulation um, and do that. Uh, things that are already being used, like military and and uh, and the actual, um, you know, if you want to practice driving, that almost feels e exactly real now. You know, that's that's very very realistic uh, for most people. Um, but yeah, something we want to see in the future is is more realistic um, haptic feedback technology in the medical industry and, and things that actually require. Uh, the sense of touch. So ho hopefully we'll see more of that adaptation. For sure. Yeah. And it's a lot less dangerous too. So Brian, the same question. And also I want to add this. Do you see any other avenues using this in different industries? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. You you have things like there's like Marwan mentioned healthcare. I mean, you have education, you have retail, uh, communications, government. Yeah. Training is, we kind of see it as a use case, but you can really apply that to many industries. You know, it could be uh, say, I, I think Walmart has used uh, virtual reality for training their new employees, uh, which really gives them more hands-on experience for training and it reduces uh, training costs, you know, because you don't have to have as many human trainers there. Uh, we've experimented with training and uh, fitness and dance. So there were some prototypes that we made uh, last year, 2017, uh, for these, where we actually used the Motion Capture Studio. Uh, for example, uh, fitness, we actually took in a competitive uh, bodybuilder 
we put him in a suit with all these sensors, you know, calibrated and everything. Um, and we made him do some basic workouts, you know, like push-ups, squats. Um, we had our one of our artists post-process the animations, clean them up. Our Moan integrated them into the app. Um, and that was kind of our little prototype for fitness training to where you can actually view 3D models doing high fidelity fitness animations right in front of your eyes, wherever you want. Uh, it's kind of like uh, you could think of it as a digital alternative for fitness trainers, for private trainers. Um, we did the same thing for dance. And you'll notice that the pattern here is that um, these things involve complex or precise human movements. So, you know, fitness, you should do a certain way because you, if you don't, then you could injure yourself. Dance, you do a certain way because otherwise uh, you look weird or you step on someone's toes. And we've gotten some pretty interesting results from those um, where we're looking to experiment some more in the future, um, particularly towards uh, education. And we're probably, we're looking at going back to fitness soon as well um, after making some key connections there. So I know that you guys just got back from the PAX South show. So I wanted to ask you guys, what did you guys see in terms of VR developments upcoming? Um, well, PAX uh, is is mainly focused around gaming. Um, so there there weren't really any uh, you know ground breaking um, you know technologies for VR at PAX. Uh, there was just a bunch of kind of indie games there. Um, but at similar conventions like CES and South by Southwest, uh, you you'll start to see um, more of a like a, an easier way to interact with VR that's a little bit more consumer friendly. Um, so things like taking away the wire, uh, you'll you'll see that um, soon. That's a new innovation. Um, and like I said earlier, more forms of haptic feedback uh, are definitely coming to life. But right now, more more people are trying to figure out, you know, what are the, some things that we can do to combat the current software issues and, and hardware limitations of VR, uh, like locomotion. Um, like right now, the main form of locomotion is essentially to teleport around in VR. And that's just very, very disorienting and it kind of kills all of the immersion. So you'll see a, a lot of, uh, a lot of game developers at these conventions are trying to find new forms of locomotion. So there are games like where you climb around, it feels a lot better than, than having to teleport. And, um, you know, uh, there's, there's, games where you're floating in space and you have to grab on the objects and move yourself around. So really uh, what you see is developers thinking of really intelligent ways to combat these uh, hardware limitations that we have at the moment. Um, and, and those are the really the cool things that stand out at these conventions. For sure. The possibilities seem to be endless. In fact, I saw a few months ago, Farmers Insurance is actually now using VR to train their employees so that they don't have to travel uh, to that one corporate location. So uh, one thing I want to ask as we talk more about the business world, how do you see VR influencing that industry over the next three years, just the business world? So, yeah, we one of the reasons why we pivoted over to a uh, digital agency models because, you know, um, as I'm sure you know as well, the right now the industry is still relatively young. Um, you know, the consumer uh, market's trying to, you know, we're still trying to get the consumer market to adopt these technologies. Traction is still in the works. Um, but we noticed that um, meanwhile, while we kind of wait on that to become more mature, businesses are kind of first at bat at taking the risks on these technologies. Um, there's certain businesses that we kind of go after. Um, they tend to have like an innovative mindset that they they recognize the potential in these technologies and uh, they they see potential to either uh, make their user experiences more friendly, more enjoyable, or 
uh, they use it to make workplace processes more efficient. So um, one example is we're working with the second largest anime convention in North America right now. Um, I can't say too much because um, NDA and everything, but essentially we're revamping their convention experiences uh, using augmented reality. Uh, and that's one of the examples of a business looking at this technology and they're saying, oh, well, we're looking for new ways to connect with our customers, our users, a better way for them to engage with our brand, to develop stronger, more emotional connections between us and them. And a lot of businesses recognize the potential for virtual and augmented reality to do that because uh, it's really cool. It's like, um, it, for example, virtual reality. It's a lot different than your traditional way of kind of watching a video or just staring at a screen. Uh, because what immersive reality, reality does is that it actually puts you inside the experience. You're actually immersed a part of it. Uh, and you experience those, that content in a much different way than traditionally possible. Um, that's the reason why, for example, the film industry is starting to use VR for storytelling. Um, but, you know, in more uh, common applications, you know, like uh, retail, people just like using uh, virtual and omni reality as a way to get their customers to feel their brand in a completely different and new way. Well, that's very impressive. I'm actually very excited to see how that innovates, uh, how that integrates with all these other things. Just like you said, like retail, where you're allowing yourself to kind of connect with your consumer more by allowing uh, them to see their brand on you. And so... I totally uh, am excited about that. So, Brian, going back to what you do at Amosis, what products or projects is your company currently working on? Of course, that you can talk about uh, that kind of exemplify the evolution that you're seeing in the industry. Um, So uh, since we're more right now, we're a bit more business focused. um, Probably the, the biggest one that I can speak about is the the augmented reality experience that we're working on for the anime convention. Um, I, I, again, I can't say, uh, too much, but it's, I think this project is the best one that, um, exemplifies this evolution because, um, it shows that, let's say on the business side, you have the, uh, the business owners, the convention owners that are saying, well, as a business, it's naturally in our interest to connect with these, these consumers, our users more, uh, just to make sure that, you know, this isn't just a one-time interaction, but it's a persisting brand engagement between us and them. It's a, you know, it's building an actual relationship. And on the consumer side, people, especially younger generations, are always looking to to engage with content, to build relationships, to actually find significant meaning in the brands and the activities, the content that they interact with. So the app that we're making for this convention is a really good example of tying these two together um, because we're seeing that that now both sides it's not just consumers anymore but it's also businesses adapting to this consumer demand that uh, they just want to form stronger connections and what better way to do that than to use an immersive technology such as virtual or augmented reality um, other examples again go back to some of the training prototypes that we've done uh, like the like the fitness and the dance augmented reality apps uh, just because we we think that um, there are various issues with human training right now. There's things like costs, there is precision. Um, and so we've really tried to hop on the 
the, the bandwagon there to show that you can use augmented reality to provide these extra immersive experiences, uh, not only to show you things, activities in high fidelity or high accuracy, but also in the comfort of your own home. So therefore, it's more portable. You don't have to travel um, overall uh, for any application. Costs go down and experiences go up. For sure. Marwan, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Um, no, he wrapped it up pretty, pretty well. I mean, it, it's really, we're just, we're trying to, uh, and, you know, amp up the user experience, um, that a user will have with an application. Uh, and I mean, that can, you can do that in so many ways, but having, uh, you know, something 3D in front of you that's interacting with you in, in any sort of way will always be better than, you know, an online video, um, or anything of, of the same uh, caliber. And, you know, when we ha- eventually have headsets that we're putting on our, on our face that, you know, are a little bit more compact to the size of glasses and whatnot, that's going to be way better than smartphones. So we're, we're essentially keeping that in mind for the future. Uh, that's kind of, we're, that's how we're trying to future face these uh, different products that we make. Um, so they'll, they'll be compatible with uh, the future of head mounted displays. Well, guys, I'm extremely excited just about hearing all the innovations, not only in the business space, but in the consumer space and just everything in between. So uh, as we wrap up the interview, um, is there anywhere that we can follow you? Like, do you have a Twitter that you share content on or like a LinkedIn page or a website that maybe we can refer our listeners to? Yeah, um, our website is imosis.com. So I-M-M-O-S-I-S dot com. Uh, we also have social media uh, pages on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. Uh, the tags aren't always the same, but generally, I think you can just search yeah. up Emosis. If you type in Emosis, yeah. you'll find it. Emosis or Emosis LLC. It varies a bit, but uh, you can find us. And we, we typically try to you know make some major announcements there. Uh, the website has a blog, too, um, to you know just to engage with our, our followers a bit. Absolutely. Well, guys, once again, I, I'm absolutely grateful that you were able to share your insights and just your thought leadership with the show. Uh, I really just appreciate you joining in today. Yeah, yeah. Thank, well, thank you for having thanks us. Thanks so much. Make sure to follow them on their website, emosis.com. You can also follow them and like their pages on social media. They said they're on Facebook and Twitter, as well as Instagram and LinkedIn. So just search Emosis, and you should be able to find out what the latest is occurring in their company. And just like they said, Brian and Marwan, they're constantly releasing new content on the AR, VR industry. So also make sure to follow us on marketscale.com. You can click on the software and electronics tab, and we have the latest innovations happening in the space, including AR, VR, right there on the website. You can follow the blogs as well as the podcast, just like this one in the news minutes about some of the latest news stories coming out in this space. So once again, we are very fortunate to have Brian and Marwan on the show. So for right now, I'm Taylor Standridge, and we'll be seeing you next time.